Hey there, and welcome to the Good People Posse podcast. When we set out to do this podcast, we wanted it to be a platform to talk about natural healing. Everything from energy work to essential oils, whether we're working on ourselves or helping others to heal. And then it kind of morphed into not only healing modalities, but now it's become a place where folks like you and I get to tell our truths without judgment and share ideas about the world. We hope you find it to be a place of education, but most of all, inspiration. If you have a story to share, we would love to give you a platform. Reach out to us with the information provided at the end of the episode and in the show notes. Hey there, I'm Amber, your host, and my guest today is Megan, the founder of Inner Sinistry. She offers sessions that facilitate her clients' transformation, inner growth, and integration into society. She primarily uses sounds associated with the planets and drawing on her unique interpretation of astrology that she calls Unity Method. She's also an ecologically minded gardener and operates a sustainable plant nursery. And while she took care of 1,600 square feet of plants, she gained an intuitive understanding of each species' needs, which greatly enhanced her healing capabilities, which benefits her inner sinistry clients. Now, I had an opportunity to be one of Megan's clients, and if you'd like to hear a small example of how my session sounded, keep listening until the end and enjoy the episode. Megan, thank you so much for coming and being on the Good People Bossy Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I invited you on the podcast because what you are doing is like nothing I have ever seen before. So I am really excited to sit down and ask you a couple of questions about what you do. You do healing with planet sounds. It's called Inner Sinistry. The first question that I would love to ask you is, because it's so unique, when did you first hear about this healing modality? I didn't exactly hear about it. It more like landed in my lap. I'm sure you remember (laughs) the Great American Eclipse of August 2017. Oh, yes. It's the total eclipse that was visible across the entire United States that many people drove to see. And around that time, I started receiving insights about a new method of astrology that uses complementary opposite energies to help people find balance. And so that's a way of making sure we're equally expressing our yin or our passive side and also our yang or active side. Around that time, an astrologer friend of mine told me about the sounds of the planets that are online and I would listen to them every so often. I knew there was something about them as soon as I started listening because the sensations that I had while listening to them were similar to the ones that I have when I'm around people who are expressions of these planet energies. So just an example, when I'm around Sagittarians, which is ruled by Jupiter, I feel excited. When I uh, first turned on the sound of Jupiter, I would feel a similar sense of uplift. In contrast, Saturn, which is about our external reality, can be more grounding. And when I listened to the moon, I felt comforted and a bit sleepy. (laughs) That's not necessarily how I feel now when I listen to these sounds um, by myself, because the more you do this work, the more each of the sounds start to feel similar, because you're no longer feeling the extremities of each of the frequencies, but the middle ground. In any case, that December following the the Great American Eclipse, I took a weekend off to meditate and rest and think through some challenges I was having with my business. And I saw an image of how I could play the planet sounds in combinations at varying volumes, and that would help people find inner balance. I tried it out, first on myself and then on my friends, eventually on clients, and it seemed to really work. How do you know that it works? 
I can give you an example of how it seems to be working. I had a client that I worked with over a period of a few weeks this summer, and now it's been a little over a month since our last session, and she had three main areas that she wanted to work on, her profession, her artistic pursuits, and relationships. So I just heard from her after about a month, she had quit her job, she was furiously working on her art, and some developments had happened with potential romantic relationships. So I don't think she necessarily directly correlates the sound sessions with these things occurring. It's easier for me to do so because I'm very aware of how the subconscious affects our external reality and also how these frequencies associated with the planets are related to our subconscious. I don't know if I'll ever have a way of proving the correlation between the sound and the changes in her life, but I do know that if we set an intention, events often unfold such as these intentions are met, and the sound sessions are probably just one of many vehicles that occurred for her intentions to be met. That doesn't mean she is now miraculously entirely fulfilled, <laughs> but she was moving in the right directions. I'm quite protective of my clients and careful that the transformation isn't so quick that it's discombobulating, so they may not even be aware that it's working. I'm just uh, more aware of the connection between the planets and then the events that are unfolding. I would just say, if nothing else, sound sessions are a fascinating way to get a glimpse of what's in the subconscious, which I think can be very helpful, and I can see myself partnering with psychologists or talk therapists in the future so we can further dig into what these things mean. Wow, that would be really interesting if you could do that. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. Are there other people that practice this inner synergy, or is this something that you've developed on your own with research? Other sound healers use the frequencies of the planets. There are tuning forks and singing bowls that are tuned to these planet frequencies. Uh, okay, of course. The difference with me is that because I'm using digital sounds and music software on my computer, which most people know about GarageBand, mm -hmm. I can play them in combination and at varying volumes. I'm continually tapping into my intuition as I adjust the volumes. And currently I only do live sessions because I want to make sure I'm feeling into what the person is experiencing at this moment in time. I'm also unique because I'm guided by a unique method of uh, astrology that I'm calling Unity Astrology, and I'm still in the midst of uncovering that. It presumes that planets represent pieces of ourselves which we tend to express in a dualistic way, so in other words, black or white, hot or cold, but our goal is to be able to express them in a more whole way. So you can think of it as primary colors, which are red, yellow, and blue, versus all the secondary and tertiary colors, orange, purple, green, aqua, maroon, etc., mm -hmm. that are created when you mix those primary colors together. So we're aiming to be more of a blend, although there is certainly time and a place for those original three colors. How does this play out in real life? First, just assume that all the planet energies are somehow linked to our behaviors. I'll just put out a side note, this is a, <laughs> up for a debate uh, among astrologers, but I personally don't think of it as planets are causing our behavior, it's more like they are associated with our behavior, and so if you think of the exterior world as being a reflection of our interior selves, that includes the night sky, so planets are clues as to what's going on inside of us or in the collective subconscious. Can I, yeah. can I, I was just saying, yeah. so like when the full moon and like all hell breaks loose, the people are just kind of mirroring what is actually happening inside them internally? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's an opinion and it's up for debate among astrologers and I don't think that we'll ever actually know 
the whole answer to that. But I think it's really helpful to just have the idea that the external reality is a reflection of our internal reality because that's a really powerful belief system. To back up to what I was saying before, how does this play out in real life? So Mars, for instance, is most known for its drive and when it's acting at its extreme, it can manifest as anger or pushiness. Okay. If we experience it blended with its opposite, which is Venus, it might manifest as protective, holding strong boundaries, level-headed, and compassionate. That's just one example. All planets have opposites. Mars and Venus are just the easiest to explain. You can kind of think of it as your right and left hemispheres of the brain interacting in a more cohesive way. How long have you been working with the planets? And tell me a little bit about the research, because to me, being a kind of an artsy-fartsy, flittery kind of person, I just can't even comprehend going into this, finding the research and, and doing all the work behind it to have something that is comprehensive to share. Well, it just kind of unfolded. Uh, the first time I ever had an astrology reading was probably around 2004, and I was immediately drawn to astrology. It really resonated, and I was fascinated, which often happens with astrologers. Yeah. I had several more sessions with another one, and then about 2013, I started reading furiously about astrology. The first book I read was Stephen Forrest's The Inner Sky, which is kind of a beginner level, and I felt like I immediately got it. Nice. The, it might sound a bit presumptuous to some of your listeners who are in astrology because an astrologer can study for 10 years before they really grasp the totality of it and even then there's always more to learn. It was incredibly intuitive from the start and I continue to lap up these books reading one after another. There are a ton of different astrology philosophies and I'm interested in almost all of them but I primarily gain from what's called evolutionary astrology and another method called transpersonal. And if listeners want to learn more about those methods, I just suggest Googling them because it would take us way off topic if we got into them right now. But <laughs> the main takeaway is that both of these methods taught me about how there are complementary opposite energies in the zodiac. And that resonated with me because I have long been drawn to Taoism, which is also about complementary energies as symbolized by the yin and yang symbol, that black and white swirls with dots in the middle. Around the time of the Great American Eclipse, I gained tremendously from videos on YouTube about eclipses. Astrologers were having conversations about how we would be expressing the energies associated with the planets differently as our society evolves post-eclipse. And around that time, I also took an online course offered by shamanic astrologer Donna Woodwell, and she also talks about complementary energies. I just think that all of these different astrologers opinions somehow combined together and influenced my subconscious in such a way that I was able to extrapolate something new and different, which I'm calling inner sinistry. What is inner sinistry? That's a name I'm calling my business and also just this modality in general. Sinistry is a term used in astrology when you put two people's charts together and you see how those people interact. You can uh, understand their dynamic. You can understand their, their life lessons, what they're teaching each other. Inner synastry, the way I'm using it, is looking at the dynamics that's going on inside of ourselves. And the more that we understand that and the more we get a handle on that, we can have better relationships with others. So it's our own inner synastry is related to other people's inner synastry. I think that my particular brand of astrology, 
as well as my ability to do inner synastry, is also informed by my exploration into healing, which I've delved deeply into since 2011. I was especially influenced by acupuncture and Chinese medicine, which is based on the idea that you can appease excesses by balancing it with opposite energies. Chinese medicine also assumes that all the elements such as fire, water, earth, and air are expressed via the organs, mm. and we need to make sure that all the organs are healthy and communicating with each other well, otherwise things get out of balance. All these philosophies are at the foundation of industry. So that all said about the research, I just want to make clear that as soon as I started giving sound sessions and following my intuition on how to do so, I felt as if I had been doing it for years and years or really lifetimes. My hypothesis is that I tapped into some kind of ancient knowledge to be able to do this. It feels as natural as riding a bike or driving a car or taking care of my garden or greenhouse. As soon as I got a hang of it, it just unfolded naturally. You seem like a very old soul. I have no doubt that you have dabbled in this before. And it's so funny how you say it's so ancient. You know, as our society got, quote unquote, smarter, it got pushed away. You know, all these other things that we started developing in our culture just started to take over and we got away from all that. I think it's really interesting and fun that you are once again like pulling out all of these amazing things. So cool. Yeah. Tell me where the sounds come from. <laughs> so I'll explain it as best as I can. I'm not a physicist <laughs> or a mathematician or a musician. So uh, all I can do is just explain, you know, what I've read. So there's a physics law called octavation. And using that, musicians discover that they can turn all aspects of the universe into sound, including the planets, using a mathematical equation that is based on the planet's orbits. So from what I've read online, a German fellow named Hans Kusto, he had a flash of inspiration in the fall of 1978 on how to do this. And I just think that's interesting because that was about a month after I was born. Oh wow, how cool. Yeah. So if people want to learn more about it, they can Google Cosmic Octave Principle. And if there's any German mathematicians out there who want to explain it to me, please contact me. I just know it works. And one thing I got used to on my long healing journey is just trusting that I was being led in the right direction, even if my logical side didn't entirely comprehend how a certain modality would work. Uh, this was one of many that I had to just go into trusting. Um, there's just so much out there that our brains are incapable of comprehending at our current stage of evolution, so mm -hmm. I just go with it. So you're an intuitive, which really helps you, but the other part of this is how important is it that you have someone's astrology chart? At this point, it's extremely important. This work is, I'm finding is so delicate and powerful that I wouldn't feel comfortable giving a session without first looking at someone's birth chart, and it's just a wealth of information. While I'm primarily guided by my intuition while in session, the chart helps focus my attention. And it's also very important that I look at not only the date of birth, but also the planetary transits that are happening the day of the session, as well as dates of any major traumas that the client had. I want to make sure that we tread carefully and we explore these energies that are associated with past traumas. Yet when we are ready to explore these energies, that can be the most powerful part of the work. Um, because at that point we're reforming the expressions of these energies, which have been malfunctioning since the trauma. 
you and I have done four sessions now and uh, each one of them was a little bit different than the other and I'm gonna I'm gonna dig through our very first session and play a small example of that so our listeners can you know hear a little bit of the session it was so interesting I I mean I've been doing this this whole healing path as well and this has just been another opportunity for me letting my intuitions open up a little bit more it's been fun, like feeling like things chipping away, all these walls that I've built up. And then we worked on some trauma that I went through, childhood trauma, because it seems everybody has it somewhere. It's been really, really cool. But I would like to know, can you give me another example of what someone might expect at the very least? And what has been like your most profound experience with the client? Okay. So everyone is different depending on how they experience the subconscious and where they are on their healing journey. Mm -hmm. Some people just have a deep meditative experience, others see visuals or go on an internal journey, others feel sensations or sometimes hear words, that's typically how I experience the sounds, yep. and that's how I just receive intuitive information as a whole. I'm a linguistically minded person since I'm a writer, and also I'm very in tune with what's going on in my body because I'm a dancer and a gardener. So it makes sense that I feel things or hear words that give me intuitive information. So if you're a visual artist and tend to see vision, well, then that's how you're going to experience the sounds. That's a lot of what happened to me. Like I saw a lot of greens and oranges, which, you know, typically heart chakra, which makes complete sense. And then also sacral, mm -hmm. you know, also makes a lot of sense. So yeah. yeah, the whole visual aspect of the colors and stuff really resonated with me. Yeah. And I heard voices too. Some I couldn't make out and then a man and a woman. So I don't, I don't, the mystery may never be solved right, with that. I right. have no idea what the conversation was, but I heard, right. I heard it. Right. Sometimes they're like dreams. We can't totally interpret them, but we know it was important knowledge to come to the surface. Mm -hmm. So as far as my most profound experience, it's really hard to narrow down to just one. I've had several sessions when both the clients and I were moved to tears. Mm. One client was in a phase where she was just getting to know herself and her body and she was able to sense the energy slowly and progressively moving from the bottom of her feet all the way up to the top of her head. Mm, wow. And even when we took a moment to pause, which I always do and talk about what's going on, and when we went back to the sound, the energy continued its progression right where it had previously stopped. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So meanwhile, I was able to sense all her nurturing energy, all that she has to give to the world. I was just incredibly touched. You can just experience connection much deeper than our typical normal human experience. On another client, we had worked together for several months and we were able to see a steady improvement on all the sounds to such a point that by the end of working together, she had recaptured so much of her power that I had to go back to do my own internal work. Oh my gosh! So that I could handle being around such a powerful person. Um, that's not typically an issue because she's a friend of mine and was gardening with me. So I wasn't just giving her video consults from afar. Uh -huh. uh, she was participating in my life. I was transforming just by being around her and I needed to make sure I had all my ducks in a row and the structure in place so that I could be in the space to receive that transformation. She wasn't doing anything in particular but being her sweet self, but there's an alchemical process when two energy bodies come together. If something inside of me wants to purge or be reformed, it will, uh, given the right conditions. This early in the game, only a year and a half in, the other sessions that stick out are the ones that facilitated my healing journey and helped me fine-tune this modality. People showed up in my life who I seem to have some deep karmic connection to and they were there to show me a mirror so I could quickly transform 
and then be ready to share this work with others. Without getting into the specific stories that might compromise these clients' privacy, I'll just say it has to do with being able to give and receive an intense amount of divine healing love without fear, as well as contain and permanently hold massive amounts of light and knowledge in the body and correspondingly in the earth. So do you feel like you're a conduit when this happens? It's a good question. That is the phrasing that a lot of healers use. And mm -hmm. I think that it's helpful because that's what it feels like. I think maybe to other people who do things like Reiki and acupuncture, I think that it feels very much like that for them. For me, I think what's happening is that we're uncovering what's already there. It's like there's a block that's been up. We remove the block and all of a sudden we have a window to something. I feel like what's happening is that the chemistry between us and the sounds makes it so these blocks go away and they're able to find and express new parts of themselves. Sound healing is amazing. Mm -hmm. It can be so profound for some people. How does it work? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I dream of a day when a physicist or a medical professional can be able to explain it in a more concrete, literal way. I assume it has something to do with how our molecules are vibrating, uh, which may correspond with the planets. Ah. It also may be, as I said before, uniting the left and right hemispheres of the brain. I can best talk about it through archetypes. So if listeners aren't familiar with archetypes, they might read about Carl Jung and his work. Mm. Basically, there are universal themes or stories or characters that play out in all our lives, oftentimes unconsciously. If we become conscious of those stories, we can start to reform them. So for instance, Pluto, uh, it's the archetype associated with the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves, and it often manifests as death or illness. On the other side of these tragedies is major transformation and rebirth. My belief is that the more we work with these archetypes and get ahead of the game, basically do our homework beforehand, then they don't have to manifest so dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> so Pluto can actually be a beautiful transformational energy and if we're continually tapping into it rather than walking around asleep mm. then it's not going to hit us with a ton of bricks when it's time to learn our lessons. I think that by listening to the sounds in a comforting safe environment as well as discussing the lessons that astrology has to offer us we can recreate the archetype that is associated with the planet's so that they feel appeasing rather than disruptive. Wow. Pluto's still a planet! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call everything a planet in astrology. Even even the moon and, and sun we call planets. So. They're all so important. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything that a client should do, should look for, or be prepared for before they come to a session with you? I usually do sessions via video, so they don't have to travel to me. FaceTime is my favorite, but I can also try Skype or Messenger. And if they have noise-reducing headphones, that's ideal. Um, if not, we can experiment with other phones, headphones and just see what works. When they book a session, I'll send them a questionnaire, and that helps me determine if this modality is suitable for them. One thing I make very clear in the intake form is to not tell me the details about their past traumas, I only need the dates. The main reason being, if I don't know the details, then I'm able to work with that energy objectively. And the more I know about the actual event, the more my ego and my judgment of the situation will kick in. And I think it's best if we look at the event more neutrally. And so one of the questions I ask is if they're a highly sensitive person. 
and I'll give them a link to a website that offers a quiz to determine that, which is hsperson.com. So if they are sensitive, we typically spend our first session getting to know each other, and then I might just test out how they are experiencing each of the planet sounds, and perhaps just give them a taste of how I can combine the sounds to help them find balance. But then I'll wait for our second session for a full-on experience. In a more typical session, we have three separate 10-minute segments in which I play the sounds. And after each 10-minute segment, I check in with them to see how they are doing, and then I take notes on what they're experiencing. Something that's really key, they're going to receive the most benefit the more they devote to preparing and then integrating before and after the sessions. So I suggest meditating or doing yoga for a good 30 minutes before the session, and then doing something such as taking a walk in nature for a good hour or two after the session. I can almost guarantee that something in the subconscious shifts during the session. I can always tell that uh, because in our follow-up sessions, they will be experiencing sounds differently, meaning less dualistically and more unified. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean it shows up profoundly in their physical world quite yet. It really requires them taking action and integrating, having the courage to make the changes they need so that this unified expression really sticks. And most importantly, I just want clients to understand that this isn't a party trick. This is for people who are really devoted to their healing. Oh, one more question. Mm -hmm. So most of the people that you work with, do you feel like they're on a healing path to become a healer themselves? So I think that people are just coincidentally are drawn to whatever modality is going to further their path. And yeah, it, it, there is a common theme between all of them where when I look at their charts, I see they have a potential to be a quote-unquote healer of source. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they're going to be doing something like you're doing, you're, you're a yoga teacher, et cetera, et cetera. Some people will just be carrying that transformational energy that they can carry at, in a beneficial way for other people just by doing their job. They could be walking other people's dogs and be carrying that energy. That's awesome. Yeah. So one thing that I found interesting, and you and I talked about this, because the idea was to do these sessions and then we would do the interview. You had said something about if the listeners heard the planets, was it that they wouldn't be affected? Something about time? Okay, so time doesn't actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> that That's just part of the play that we're carrying out and it helps us in the lessons that we're learning. Because we recorded that session, theoretically, if you play those sounds to the listeners, then they were a part of your first session because we recorded it. I also just warned you to only play or, or advised to only play <laughs> the sounds when they're singly. Like if you play the moon, that's no problem for the listeners to hear. You know, mm -hmm. they might feel a little sleepy, no problem. What I would advise against is playing too many of the clips when we were starting to combine the sounds because that was for you, for what was going on in your day right at that time. We haven't experimented with this enough to know what happens when we start to play that to others. I think that it basically would have made your first experience a different one. It may have been a little bit more intense if we set it out that way mm -hmm. because basically our first session, we would have been transforming other people's energies at the same time. And we're not ready to do that yet. This is still new. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Oh, thank you so much yeah, for your you. time. Yeah, I, I, re I really appreciate being able to get the word out about this. It's, it's quite unique and it's not for everyone if people are pretty far along on their healing journey.
well, obviously you're devoted. This is insane. This is the thing that you put together and just, you know, work so hard on. And it's just beautiful. I loved having all my sessions with you. They all just felt really, really good. I mean, there was a time when I wanted to cry. <laughs> I think it's just breaking through stuff. I felt lighter after the sessions. It's really hard to explain, but I definitely think that you have something there and I'm so happy that you are able to share with us. As promised, here's a very small segment of my two-hour session with Megan. You may need to turn up your volume as the planet sounds are pretty low, even though I could hear them clearly. Thanks again so much for listening, and if you'd like to learn more, visit innersinistry.com. I kind of felt a drop, like my body. Mm-hmm. like Just a little heavier? Yeah, not bad, just like gravity just pulled down just a little bit more. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, um, what are you experiencing with this one? like with the breeze blowing, I pictured this Indian woman standing on the cliffs in Sedona or something and the wind was blowing. It was crazy. I've never never thought that before. (laughs) So just to give you an example to help you understand how you're experiencing these planets in the correct way, uh, the Saturn, you felt a drop in in your body Mm -hmm. and heavier in gravity. And that's exactly what Saturn is. That's your groundedness, that you have the capacity to tap into it and you probably are all the time it it just may not be incredibly clear to you that that's what's going on how about this one the intensity of the fans Mm -hmm. i just became more sensitive to it like it almost felt like the air is like washing over me when i started to hear that that was moon, and your moon is in Aquarius, and it is associated with air. How funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. What's up? That was like my visual when you played that earth thing. The like, I didn't even see it. Or the canyons. The canyons. Like, I didn't even notice that. Wow. I wonder if you somehow did subconsciously and came forward. I must have. One of my favorite subjects is what exactly is reality? (laughs) (laughs) We may never know. (laughs) Yeah. And when things like that happen, I think it's good internal questioning. Did I manifest that? You know? (laughs) Ah, that kind of blew my mind there for a second. Wow. We love you and thank you big time for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to the Good People Posse podcast. Please rate us, share us with your friends, and if you feel so inclined, leave a donation so we may continue to upgrade and bring these incredible stories and healing modalities to the world. If you have any questions, a suggestion for an episode, or you have a story of natural healing that you'd like to share, email me, amber, at goodpeopleposse2019 at gmail.com. With love and blessings, thank you so much for your support.